Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I probably shouldn't sing that song. But anyways, hey, hey, we are <laughs> obviously back at the church. There is uh, only like two people or three people in this room. Uh, but we were able to do this. We are starting a new series, and so we figured why not try it at a, a new location, new to many of you, but old to many of you. And uh, as, we, as we begin this, this, this series called New Normal, my question, my, my thought to begin this is on cravings. You and I each have cravings. You and I each crave different things in life. We are born with cravings. We are made with cravings. Cravings aren't in and of themselves necessarily bad. And sometimes, though, it's what we do with the cravings. And we, we have multiple cravings in life. And if you are like me, this pandemic has brought certain cravings to start fighting each other, to be at odds with each other. So for me, I crave food. I also crave being healthy. I also crave honoring Jesus with my body. So during pandemic, when stressed out Jason wants to eat everything, those cravings come to a head. And so for me, I've gained weight. I've been open about this. I've been talking about this. And so, so for me, I crave honoring Jesus, but I also crave food. So which is going to win? And really, food has been winning. And so it got to the point where I was like, you know, enough, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. So I would, I would send a text message to some buddies and, and, I, would, and I, would, I would set up accountability. Then I would say, okay, no, I'm going to do intermittent fasting and, and that's going to work. And, then that, and that didn't work. And then, and then I was going to do this. And finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to go on YouTube. I'm going to start having the world bring me accountability. I made this nifty, I printed out an old school thing. I've been writing down my weight. I've been setting goals on each week and I have lost two and a half pounds. It's been garbage for me. Why? Because one craving is taking over the other craving. I cannot, with a clear conscience, say I crave honoring God with my body while I eat 4,000 calories a day. See, if I say I crave honoring God with my body and yet do those things that makes me a pretender. It makes me a pretender because uh, I can say I crave it until it requires some sort of sacrifice from me. Once it, beca- once it requires sacrifice from me and I don't want to give into into it, I don't want to go that far, I become a pretender. So you and I need to crave better. I'm not alone in this. Think about the things that, that, we, that we don't do. Think about the things that we are willing to sacrifice for the things that are of greater craving. You, you can, you can, you've, I, I have known people that have said, I value family, I crave family, but I also crave the drugs. And at some point they say, I would do anything for my family, but this one craving overtakes, and now the family is being sacrificed without any thought why. Because a craving has dominated. We all have cravings in life. Food, family, God, religion, money, power. We all have cravings. What I want us to see today is how craving Jesus, when you crave Jesus, everything else falls into place. Craving Jesus means that you and I are going to have to sacrifice from time to time. If we say we crave Jesus, you know what that ultimately is going to mean? means that Jesus is going to be our ultimate satisfaction. If I crave Jesus, ergo, Jesus is my satisfaction. You and I were made to be on mission for Christ. 
He is the one that gives the vision for the mission and then provides the provision for that mission. And so if he's going to put us on mission, and that is going to be the craving of our hearts, he is enough to put us on mission right away. So, so from the start of this talk that we have here on this online experience, you and I, and we, when we think about this new normal, it's time for us to get off of our lazy donkey butts and onto mission for Jesus Christ. And if we crave that, it's going to require us to act. It's going to require us to sacrifice. And so we're starting this series called The New Normal. We as a church the last three years take a, a portion of our year to walk through the gospel of Luke. What is a gospel? It's either people that had the firsthand account of Jesus, Christ, Jesus Christ's life and they wrote about it. There's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're looking at Luke. Luke was a researcher. He talked to many eyewitnesses and compiled their stories and wrote an account of Christ's life. So we're reading an account of Christ's life based off of eyewitnesses. And, and so we're looking, we're starting off in chapter 9. Chapter 9, what we're going to look at is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. The, the type of king that Jesus is. What he's, what he's expecting of us. How he puts us on mission. And as I, as I read through this text, as I, as I looked at our, our society right now, what it showed me was there are, there are things in Luke chapter 9 that apply directly to a new normal. As you and I think about this new normal, think about, well, pre-pandemic, now we're in the pandemic, what is life going to be post-pandemic? As we create this new normal, of following Jesus and being on mission for Jesus Christ better be part of what we're doing. And there's concepts here that we can play out in this new normal. So Jesus is talking to, to his homies. He's talking to his disciples he rolled 12 deep, some of his best friends. But they're not who you would expect with, with the, like, the religious folks. Like who, who followed a religious person, like said a lot about said religious person. So they would have like the pristine people following them. But Jesus rolled differently. Jesus had a, a tax collector, which was a low life. You think, you think your sin is really bad? Culturally, being a tax collector, oh my gosh, you're damaged goods. And Jesus was like, no, come follow me. I'm going to put you on mission. You had, you had, you had these dudes that, that, that loved, loved their Judaism, loved their faith, but they didn't make it in Jewish school. They were dropouts for Jewish school. And Jesus says, come follow me. I want to associate with you. We're going to go on mission together. When we look at the 12 disciples, they are just like you and I. Ordinary, everyday people that Christ said, I want you. Let's get on mission. They were the fishermen's. They were the dropout. They were your everyday average Joes. So we're going to pick up in chapter 9. And he says this. And he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons to, to cure diseases. So here's a, here's a question I'm going to ask. A simple yes or no. With the Holy Spirit inside of us, could this be said of us? Now, Christ has put us on mission. When he leaves this earth, he puts us on mission. He gives us what we call the Great Commission, our marching orders. So we have the Holy Spirit. Are we living in a way right now as if we have obtained power and authority? And he, and he sent them out to proclaim. So that's critical. He gives them power and authority, but not for them to be like a circus act. <laughs> not for them to be like magicians, like, yeah, let me show you a nice little card trick. <laughs> Here, let me meet a need in your life to proclaim a message of hope. Let me share and act in a way of hope. 
to proclaim hope. What are they, what are they proclaiming? The kingdom of God and to heal. So they go in God's authority. You know what to me that, that showed me right away as I think about this new normal, as I, as I think about what a disciple does when they go on mission, I'm going in the authority of Jesus Christ. You know what that means as a follower of Jesus Christ? It means I have to care about the authority of Jesus Christ. It means when I think about this new normal, as a follower of Jesus on mission with the backing and the authority of Jesus, that means I can't say God's authority in my life matters in this area, this area, this area, but God, I'm going to do me over here. A follower of Jesus goes with all authority of Jesus. Ergo, you and I have to care about the authority of Jesus. And even when it ruffles our feathers, is it you or God? May we choose God. And so he gives the 12 authority. He gives them purpose. He gives them power. This was true for us because of the Great Commission, because when we said yes to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit fills us up. So this, the same thing that's happening with the disciples here because, of, because we, have, we see the Great Commission, we know that from Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 28, we know that. So pre-pandemic, now in the middle of pandemic, and post-pandemic, guess what? The same can be said of us. The new normal must include you and I being on mission with authority and power. You don't feel like you matter? Jesus Christ says you matter enough to die for. You don't feel like you have purpose? Christ dies for you, fills you with his Holy Spirit and says instantly, get on mission. For you and I, we call this pray for one. Think about this for a second. You embrace the message of Jesus Christ. That re redefines everything about your life. You go from enemy of God to child of a God to child of God in an instant. And in that instant, he fills your life with meaning and purpose. Because he says, go on mission. The message that you just trusted, tell the next person. Tell the next person. I trust you who was just an enemy of God with a message to share. So you are walking every day. You are waking. Every moment of your life is filled with meaning and purpose. That never is a question for the Christian. We forget that. What makes us forget about it? I think it's our own sin inside of us. When we start craving the money, when we start craving the girls, when we start craving the power, when we start craving our own authority, when we start craving things opposed to God, we lose sight of meaning and purpose that fills our life. No! As a follower of Jesus, we go on mission for Jesus Christ and the world becomes our theater, acting out the drama of God through our lives. So our big thought for this online experience is go devour what's been empowered. You and I are empowered people. It's time for us to go and devour what God has put in our lives. Normal sucks. Normal is boring. I hope that the mantra of our lives as we embrace this new normal is that we are going to be empowered people devouring the mission. 
These are men and, and, and women that, that, that were ordinary, everyday average Joes. And now when the Holy Spirit fills them up, they look anything but normal. When you and I are on mission for Jesus Christ, I, want, I, do, not, I do not want the new normal to be something like this, where we are content playing church. We're content going through the bells and the whistles. No. For the follower of Jesus Christ, we will only ever be content with being the church. So in Luke chapter 9, in the following verses to verse chapter 6, or to verse 6, Jesus is going to explain three things for us to understand as we devour what has been empowered. First, we need to understand the provisions. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey. No staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. Now these, all these things represented things that you and I uh, might, might put our trust in. So he says, don't, don't take your staff. This is my, my walking stick. <laughs> like, okay, this is my walking stick. So if you're walking, you could, you could walk. It, it helps you walk. But it also, when you're walking in remote areas in Israel, this could help fight off bandits, help fight off people that would come to try to rob you. So he's saying, you don't need this. I'm your, your protection. But then he says, bring your bag. So I just, I just randomly found this random Boston Red Sox. I miss baseball. Uh, this, so he's like, you don't need a bag. You don't need to take your possessions with you, I've got you. You don't need bread for your journey. I've got you. I'll provide. You don't need to take money with you. Now, this is Monopoly money. This is what I've been using with my kids. You don't need all the, all the dollar bills, y'all. I've got you. You don't, you don't need two tunics, which for, for them, that, that's kind of like the undergarment. And so what he's saying is like, you don't even need a change of undies. <laughs> I've got you. You can, you can go on mission right away. Travel light. I've got you. We celebrate. We value simplicity here at Wellspring Church. Keep it simple. The end. We don't want to make the mission complicated. We don't want to make getting on mission complicated. Keep it simple and get to going. And that's what Jesus is saying here. I'm giving you marching orders. Now go. I've got you. You know what? I'll provide. I'll be the God of provision. You know what it means? That means that you and I, when we get to this new normal, we're not trusting in the provisions. We're trusting the provider as we go on mission. Because Christ is enough. If Christ is truly enough, we don't wait to gather our things. We get to going. Before the pandemic, Abe and I had a very sincere conversation. We were talking about uh, what the summer was going to look like. Uh, for the summer, we, we spend, usually we send our, ki uh, our two boys to day camp. It costs like, I think, like $200 or $300 to get them each signed up for day camp. And then it's like a few, it's like a few hundred dollars a month and all these weekly activities. And all of a sudden, by the end of the summer, you have spent like, it feels like, I, mean, I think it's literally like a few thousand dollars uh, for the boys to have a day camp. And then enter Reagan. Uh, Reagan now, she's not old enough to go to that, but she's no longer in her own daycare. And so that's not budgeted for it. And so then it's going to be like another thousand dollars for and I, I was looking at this like, hey, we're going to have to budget like $3,000 over the summer just for our kids to, to 
to have childcare. I was like, Ava, like we should, we should figure out a way for you and I to kind of alternate working from home and, uh, and, and take care of our kids and save that money. And very real conversation pre-pandemic. And Ava was like, Jason, like I work. Like Jason, you have meetings. Jason, this, like there is no possible way we could make this work. And the conversation ended. <laughs> then a pandemic happened. <laughs> And then I found myself with Ava working from home every single day, not just keeping my kids alive, but being a a homeschooled parent as well. Ergo, we quickly found out we can do it. We quickly found out what we said was impossible before was very much possible And so now we have a monthly budget that has opened up over the summer. And the first thing I said to Ava was, and you can, like, this is the first, like, if you know me, you know this is 100% true. When I have extra cha-ching like that, I'm thinking pay down debt and, and give more to the mission of the church. That's how my brain works. So when you think of this new normal, in this, in this pandemic world, you have probably learned about what is needed and what is not needed. So pre-pandemic, what kept you from being on mission for Jesus Christ? What kept you from from providing and and being on the mission, doing, doing the mission, thinking that I could never do it because of what it might cost me? How will the new normal look different? If you've created new spending habits, creating margin in your life, is that margin to line your pockets? Or is God giving you margin to fuel the mission and push the church forward. What will we do with it? The second thing that we have to understand as we, as we, we go and we devour what's been empowered, we're, we're going to understand the provisions, but we're also going to understand the processes. And he says, whatever, where, wherever, whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there, depart. Stay there, and from there, depart. So when we, when we use this churchy word called evangelism, we also have this mantra that I've mentioned, pray for one, how we pray for, the, for those that don't know Jesus, and we, and we go after them, we, we chase after them, we want them to know Jesus, we share with them the gospel, the message of hope, That requires us to engage people. It's not just a a fly off the seat of your pants. It's not just like a, hey, you should love Jesus. Hey, you should love Jesus. Hey, you should love Jesus. And like, hey, hi, bye, hi, bye. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. It often requires us to speak up. It's show good deeds, love people, show, give give them a sense of hope, and then provide them a message of hope. Telling other unbelievers that God cares for them needs to be reinforced by evidence that God cares for them. Back in the day, a religious person would go house to house and he would want to say, I have a valuable message. You pay me for said valuable message. And then they would go to the next house and to the next house. What Jesus is saying here is a process. Now, first, don't burden people. Yes, I want you to be different. I want you to stay in the house. I want you to be engaged, but I don't want you to be a burden. So you need to pray for wisdom to know when it's time to move on. But this is the process. Don't beg people. I, I'm going to provide for you. But don't stay. That's the process. During the pandemic, haven't we learned new things about processes? I mean, I have. I've learned that as a staff, the staff deeply values prayer. And we would pray from time to time, like in the building or before a staff meeting. But during the pandemic, what we did was we were like, you know, we're going to get on Zoom every day at 9 o'clock. And the leadership is going to pray together. It's rocked us. 
It's motivated us. It's, it showed us the value of prayer. It showed us how God moves through prayer. It's, it's, it's united us. Zoom. All we needed was Zoom. Who would have figured? You know, my family is, has been a part. They've always been a part. Like New Hampshire, Virginia, all over the place. It's not like the pandemic made us further apart, but we use the pandemic as a way of saying, you know what? We, want, we need to be in relationship with each other, so we're going to get on a house party. We're going to get on a Google Hangout, Zoom, whatever, and we're going to have like kind of bi-weekly talks as a family and, and hanging out with one another. We learn that that's a valuable way of engaging one another. Ava and I have, have gathered with friends over a house party, playing games and video chatting. Why? Because that's a valuable resource. We had, we had couples date night while we were eating in our own home, talking to other people eating in their own home, playing games over this app we call House Party. Now, so we learned different processes uh, and different ways to engage people. Will you do that in the new normal? Now, I understand Pre-pandemic, you hated people. I sometimes hated people. Not literally hated people. I can't say that. I'm a pastor. We strongly disliked certain people, and we didn't want to hang out with them because they annoyed us. Now, now, post, like right now, like you, you've been you know, quarantined so long that you even want to hang out with the people you don't like so much. I get that. I'm there too. But we're going to get to the new normal, and we're going to say, you know what? I'm good with hanging out with people. And then like two weeks in, you're going to be like, I'm out. I'm going back to the quarantine life. You're, you, you, it took two weeks and now you annoy me. But we learned new processes through the pandemic, didn't we? We learned different ways of engaging people. Do we want to go into the new normal saying, I don't want to be around people? Or do we want to take these new processes and learn to engage people on a new platform? Let me put it a different way. You're on social media like I'm on social media. Do you know anybody that's lacking hope right now? Do you know anybody that's down in the dumps right now? Perhaps when you think about the new normal, perhaps there's a name coming to your mind right now. Perhaps in this new normal, it's time to engage them with the message of hope. Perhaps the process that you need to put in place when you think about the new normal is a person's name that you're going to engage with a message of hope because they really need it right now. Go devour what's been empowered. Understand uh, the provisions, understand, uh, understand the process, but then understand there's gonna be problems. Understand problems. And whatever they, when, when, wherever they do not receive you, basically be present until your presence isn't uh, uh, welcomed anymore. When you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. That's kind of a sign of judgment back in the day, like, hey, this is on you type of a moment. That the follower of Jesus is to expect opposition. The follower of Jesus is not supposed to be discouraged by being rejected. Why? Because they rejected Jesus. Obviously, from time to time, they're going to reject the people that share the message of Jesus. It just, it makes common sense. So don't be surprised when you run into problems for the message of Jesus Christ. The follower of Jesus, as we think about the new normal needs to be a, a, have, a, have a tender heart, soft, compassionate heart. But a tough rear end. Get tough and get going and love people along the way. We faced problems in this pandemic, didn't we? You know, you know what I, I found out through the pandemic? That much of us 
are, are like this, this anchor. This is an anchor. I know what you're saying to yourself. Jason, you look so nautical. I know. I'm real. I bought this from Walmart. It's the price tag still on it. I'm real nautical. Uh, this was the cheapest anchor I could find. But anyway, so this is, this is an anchor. Now, in a hurricane, this anchor ain't going to do crap. This anchor isn't going to keep anything uh, tethered to it. This anchor really is not going to accomplish anything when a major storm comes our way. That's how many of us have experienced faith during this pandemic. Problems came our way. We thought we were anchored in, but we found that this was our anchor. You know what this represents for many of us that we have quickly found out? That pre-pandemic, our faith was about an hour deep. That our faith was about an hour on a Sunday morning an hour on a Monday, and we thought that was, that was our faith. We thought being anchored into Jesus was making Jesus a nice add-on. But then the storms of life came, and we went from tethered to severed. Perhaps right now you're realizing that you didn't handle the problems of life so well. Perhaps you were going on mission for Jesus Christ and people rejected you and you said, you know what? If they're going to reject me for showing kindness, I'm out. I'm going to go the opposite direction. An anchored faith stays on mission. An anchored faith realizes that as, as the rope is getting weak, we need to strengthen it. We, uh, an anchored faith realizes, hey, when the storm comes, I might need a bigger anchor. If that's you realizing that right now, what will you do? An anchored faith will only ever be content being the church. An anchored faith does not go on social media and pretend to be super Christian while behind the screen, I'm treating my family this way, my spouse this way, I got this problem with the bottle. I got this problem with the, with the prescription drugs. I got this problem over here. I got this over here. I got this over here. That's not an anchored faith. An anchored faith says, Christ, you matter in all areas of my life. If we treat Jesus as a nice add-on, add-ons rarely become cravings. If we crave Jesus, he is more than an add-on. So what right now? If I'm hitting a nerve with, with those that are watching, it's time to get into a life group. It's time to talk to your best friend and say, you know what? I'm done playing the church. I'm done being a pretender. Jesus, I want all of you. So, so he gives these instructions. He says, just go, go house to house. And when your presence isn't welcome, just leave. Don't take anything with you. I've got you. Now, if, those, if that was the instructions that you were given, would you get to going? <laughs> but it's what they do. <laughs> so, so we understand. We devour what's been empowered. We understand, we understand the provisions. We understand the, 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 the process. We understand that there's going to be problems. Now, go. <laughs> and he says, and they departed. And they went through the villages preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. 
Leave now. Go. You don't need to go get prepared. You don't need to go to this schooling. You don't need to go in and learn this new skill. You don't need to go and, and get this new, uh, this new tips and tricks. You don't need to know. Just go and learn on the way. Yes, you might fail, but you're going to fail forward. You, you might have some struggles, but you're going to struggle forward. You know what? You get to going. And don't, don't have all the things with you. Why? Because Jesus is enough. Guess what that's going to mean? It's going to mean that it's so uncomfortable. And Jesus doesn't ease them in. This is their first major assignment. Leave. Leave. Walk the dirt road. And start going home to home. And they did as they were told. Why? Because mere knowledge of the mission accomplishes nothing. It's when we know the mission and we get to going where things are accomplished. Stop waiting to be the church and go and do something. Be the church now. Waiting is delayed obedience. Ergo, it's disobedience. God's calling you to go now. Don't wait. Go. Go, go, go. See, I'm, I'm good friends with Jordan. Jordan and I have, have a mentoring kind of buddy-buddy relationship from time to time. And uh, back in the day, Jordan, Graham, and I were talking, and Graham and I were talking about how, how we're both readers and why we love being readers. And, and we were saying, like, every successful person that we know and respect, they are all readers. And so if we want to be respect, if we want to be successful, ergo, we think, okay, I'm saying ergo a lot. That's weird. But anyways, well, like, if we want to be successful, go and be a reader. And, and so, and Jordan was like, I want to be a reader too. And for like three weeks, Jordan was a reader. And then he shelved the habit. Okay. If this room was filled, that would have killed. Uh, but so he shelved the habit. And then the pandemic came and he's like, man, this, this bucket in my life has opened up time. This bucket in my life has opened up time. And you know what? I'm going to be a reader. And he became a reader. He's been reading tons and tons of books. And it's been really cool to see how God has been, has been transforming and growing him through just becoming a reader to the point where he's on a family call with his brother-in-law and his sister. And Jordan, he's like, I was saying all these really intelligent things and it made my family pause and say, Jordan, where, where is this coming from? And Jordan was like, I am saying things directly from books that I have been reading. He started off by knowing this was something that he needed to do, but he waited. And then he embraced it, and it's made all the difference in his life. What are you waiting to do right now? Why are you waiting? Why not jump in? You've been waiting to get into a life group because, because what? It's awkward? Embrace the awkwardness. It will last 35 seconds, and then you'll realize that we put pants on like you put pants on. And we're normal, average, day, every human beings like you're an average, everyday human being. You got crap in your life? Hey, we got some crap in our lives too. Why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? You think the person next to you in the cubicle needs to hear about the message of Jesus Christ, and you're going to wait for the right time? They get, let's just be real, they get COVID tomorrow and within two weeks they might die. Is it worth waiting to be on mission for Jesus Christ? Why not go right now? Stop waiting. Like we said, delayed obedience is just disobedience. Go now. People need the hope of Jesus Christ. Go on mission now. The mission can't wait. Go and show good deeds. Go and do good things and then go on mission for Jesus Christ. If God's telling you to go now, go now. Don't depend on your own resources. Depend on the one who provides those resources. 
If you want to see what's insane, what's insane is a person or a ministry that is on fumes. As the world would say, they look like they are a person on fumes. But guess what? A person on fumes, empowered by Holy Spirit fire, can do a whole lot for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you and I need to start surfing around, looking around, and then we need to get on people's turf. We need to get on their level and share with them the hope of Jesus Christ. So here's my challenge for you this week. And I'm, like, you could take an easy way out of the challenge. No, 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 no. Don't take the easy way out. Here's the challenge. Embrace, watch with me, over sit with me. This room is empty. It used to be filled with a whole bunch of people that said to their loved ones, come sit with me. Come sit with me. Man, why? I miss saying that too. Like, don't you? And, uh, okay, we can't say come sit with me and sit in this room and, and rock out and worship. But you could DM somebody right now and say, watch with me. You could, have a, you could host a party, whatever that means, on social media. You could invite somebody to, to say, hey, it's on BoxCast. 10 a.m. on Sunday, we're going to do this together. And then here, I'll go a step further. We really want you to start DMing people, in, like personally inviting people and valuing that, going on mission, not waiting, going on mission now. So we, we're, we, we've kind of put it as an, an, an on-demand type schedule. We, we saw, okay, Sunday, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., that's kind of the OG, okay? Like that's where everybody goes, like that's the, the big one. So we're gonna leave Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., okay? For the next three weeks or four weeks, whatever it is, we're gonna try this schedule. We're gonna give it a try and make it easier for us to invite and say, watch with me. So we'll keep Sundays at 10 a.m., we'll call it the, the, the OG. But then we're going to have Mondays, but we're gonna change the Monday night time. See, when we were talking, Carly and Jordan, they like to stay up late. Like I go to bed at 8 8 p.m. and they have never been in their lives uh, to bed at 8 p.m. So they're like, you know what, for me, I love putting, putting kids to bed and kind of refreshing, like just sitting down. And so you know what, Monday nights, 9.30, we're gonna call it the night owl experience, all right? So if you and your buddies are night owls, then watch with me Mondays at 9.30. But then on Tuesdays, Graham did all this like, like analytic, like boring crap, and he found out that the people that, that, that uh, inter, um, interact with our social media, that they usually are on social media at Tuesdays at 5 o'clock. What you doing Tuesday at a 5 o'clock that you're, all y'all are surfing social media? It was the most random statistic that we've ever seen in our lives. So we said, okay, fine. We'll give the people, it's the people's choice. So Tuesdays at 5 o'clock, watch with me. But then for me, I'm an early bird. For me, if, I, if I'm going to watch church with people or even just for myself personally, Wednesday at 6.30 is probably when I would do that before my kids wake up, ask for a sippy cup and say, daddy, daddy, daddy. And so those are the, those are the, what, the four or five experiences that we want, to, we want to put out there starting today for you to be able to invite people into watch with people. Go devour what God has empowered. It's time for us to devour social media with hope. It's time for us to go and devour our communities with, with the message of hope that we share that is Christ Jesus aligned with hope-filled actions. We must go. God is not going to be pleased with those who squander what's been empowered. No, he'll, he'll see those that are empowered
empowered by the Holy Spirit, going on mission, being loving to people, sharing a loving message. And if we go and devour what's been empowered, guess what you and I just might hear when this all comes to a close? Well done. Well done. That is what we crave. Go. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Toms River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.